Hello, everybody, and welcome to Maricosta Podcast. Today with me, there's Heather LaForge and Katrina DeRoche. Hello, you guys. Hi. Hello. How are you? Great. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Um, Heather and Katrina both are co-founders at Groundworks Theater, and they're going to hear they're here to talk a little bit about that. So, yeah. How did you guys come up with uh, Groundworks Theater? How did that joint venture happen? Well, we have been working together in the theater field for a number of years, about seven years. Seven together. Yeah, seven together. And um, over that time, we really felt um, passionate and about providing a space where kids could train, specifically yeah. in acting. Um, and so we longed to create a place that where the the students could really focus on that. Yeah, San Diego has an amazing amount of really quality production companies. So young people have so many options in that area. And we found that at the end of productions, we always felt there were there was a segment of kids that always wanted to do a little more. And if yeah. they always wanted to work a little longer and take a little more time. And there are just a lot of things during a production that you don't have time to teach. You only have time to do. Right. Yeah. And so um, we felt like that is where we wanted to put our efforts and our time because that's what we enjoy the most, actually. Yeah. Oh, wow. Did you guys know each other before Groundworks Theater or how did you guys meet? <laughs> <laughs> so we met seven years ago mm -hmm. um, when we were working for another theater company in San Diego. Um, I had just moved back. I got my PhD from UCSD here, but moved mm -hmm. away for a few years and came back and I was hired as a director um, for a company and Katrina was essentially my producer. And through that process, my passion is really in directing is really providing education in the rehearsal space, really working with students to develop their characters and, and really feel confident stepping onto the stage, stepping into a show to focus on the story and really create the best possible um, version of that story, being able to communicate to the audience. And Katrina was always a huge supporter of my style, my technique, my work with those students. And more and more, we found that we would collaborate together. Anytime we worked on a show together, we felt really comfortable and confident mm -hmm. um, that we were aligned in how we wanted to make theater and work yeah. with students and um, over that time, we became very good friends as well. But um, so after we both were working full time and both of us separately had decided to kind of step away from the full time gig to be able to be a little bit more intentional with our families. Um, you want to clarify what full time is in theater? Oh, yeah. Okay, let us know. What is that? <laughs> so there's the 40 hours a week in office. Yes. Um, and then all your nights and weekends. Nights and weekends, Oof. which is any rehearsal is outside of the normal working hours. And then, you know, um, when you're directing, when you're producing a show, it's everything comes home with you. It's being, you know, working at home, imagining, creating, worrying about all the elements of production of tech, of costumes, of lighting, of sound, of all yeah. of these things. And then ultimately our goal is, of course, always for both of us, it was really about making sure that we had our pieces in place so that the students could have a place to shine. Um, and again, what we continued to look to was that we wanted more space to provide training um, a lot of our students are taking private voice lessons. Some are in dance classes at different companies around town, but there wasn't a, an 
acting space where kids could come and get really trained in solid acting technique. Um, And that's what my passion really lies in and Katrina as well. Um, And then we also have a um, resident choreographer who teaches for us and she really specializes in teaching classes that are designed to give students who are looking to be in musical theater the Mm -hmm. proper training for that specific style of dance. Okay, Mm -hmm. gotcha. Mm -hmm. And how do you guys group students? Is it by age or skill or interest? All of it. All of it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, so we have, um, when we started, that was our biggest challenge, to be honest, because the spectrum of, um, you know, natural ability versus trained ability. Mm -hmm. um, And you have some students that age really doesn't separate them, but maybe the context of the work does. Mm -hmm. So there are just so many things to think about. So what what we decided, um, how we decided to start is we have core skill building classes in the morning geared for the homeschool and independent study community, simply mm-hmm. because we did find in working in San Diego theater that there is a huge homeschool and independent charter school community. Oh, okay. And that those students are really looking to be able to use their enrichment hours in things that they're really interested in and not have to do it after school, yeah. um, have it as part of their day so they can save after school for other activities. And then we have after school programming um, as well, which right now is really just for our advanced students for the acting side. However, we do have dance classes. We have tap and musical theater in those after-school enrichment times. So right now we have a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, honestly, uh, we could have more if we had the space. We had, there's, there, we've had just amazing response and students really enjoying being able to come to a class where everybody in that class wants to be there and wants (laughs) to be learning and growing and is focused and and intentional with everything they're doing. So it's been really great and we hope to be able to expand. Um, We really love working with adults, Mm -hmm. which is something that we did with our side project, the New Works Collaborations which we just finished our first project and it's what our goal is there. And that is one of those things where we were looking to what we want to do in the future and then an opportunity arose and we decided to take advantage of working with a local artist, Tyler Tafoya, who wrote his oh, own yeah. musical. Mm-hmm. And he was chosen to go to the New York Music Theater Festival, Musical Theater Festival, and did very well there. And now it's at the point where he is really hoping to get it mounted locally. Yeah. And so we had local working actors, adults, uh, volunteer their time to mentor our students. Mm-hmm. And we had nine students and six adults put up this show in four rehearsals in a concert-style reading. And it was really great because our students got to work on a professional level with people that really um, they have never had the opportunity to work with that caliber of an artist and Mm -hmm. then also be part of something new and fresh that they aren't going to see all over town 17 times you know that they are going to actually be part of hey we originated this so it's just it's really fun it was a great exercise for Heather and I have a way to explore art with the students and stories with them outside of the normal context so you know, to answer your original question, right now our classes are geared for, we have core building for younger age, 10 to 15 year olds. We have high school advanced classes. Our dance classes are between the ages of 10 and 19, depending on your skill level. Yeah. Um, but we also have project work that mm-hmm. we're really excited about. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Very good. 
And let's see. Let's talk about the rehearsal process. What does it take to put on a show? What goes, you know. How much money do you have? Well. (laughs) (laughs) So it depends on, I mean, Groundworks Theater Arts right now, we're not a production company. We don't um, launch full productions. And that's one of our, one of the really joys of being able to focus on training is that we have students who, in our classes, we keep our classes very small. Mm -hmm. Um, Our acting classes are capped at 12. And um, we had in our last advanced acting class students in productions all over the county who were coming together and getting really this time away from that production to focus on just building their skills as actors. Okay, yeah. But um, But we've done a myriad of productions. Right. So in, in the previous group where we worked, that was my job was to, like, book the facilities, yeah. hire the artistic teams, choose the shows. Um, the rehearsal process can take, it depends, it's really how many hours you want to spend. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then it depends on your, like, some groups only meet after school, some groups only meet on the weekends. So if you know you need 55 hours to rehearse and put up a show, then you, and you know you only have Fridays and Saturdays, then likely that's going to be a six-week process for you. So it's really kind of seeing what you need to do and counting backwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. A lot of commitment there. There's a lot of commitment. There's a lot of pieces. And that's the thing where, um, you know, you have your artistic team, which for a musical would be your director, your your musical director, your choreographer, your technical director, your stage manager. And then your producer is usually the person that facilitates all the communication to -hmm. make sure, you know, your costume designer, your sound, your lighting, all of those people need to be in communication to make sure that the vision of the show stays consistent Mm -hmm. and true to make sure that everybody knows what is expected of them so that you know you don't make 20 costumes for a scene that was cut you know I mean little it happens trust Mm -hmm. me or you get to the theater and someone didn't communicate that they added 14 people to a scene and then Mm -hmm. you have to come up with the props and the costumes so communication that piece of communication is really important to save everyone's time money and sanity really and so that you have a quality product at the end yeah Yeah. communication really is key Mm -hmm. yeah someone should have said that to my ex (laughs) 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 things we learn theater is good for all of life oh yeah (laughs) all right so what's uh one of your favorite shows and a favorite role that you guys have done one uh probably my favorite role uh, I had the opportunity to be Helena in A Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm. Um, I am a big Shakespeare fan and <laughs> love getting to teach um, our students about that. That's been something we've been really focusing on with Groundworks is being able to bring back in to the classroom classic texts and try to make these, you know, texts that might seem foreign really applicable and um, help students understand that. So I am, uh, though I tend to direct musicals right now, um, I was actually trained in straight theater, so just plays. Um, and so w- what's the difference between that? Yeah, so plays um, don't have any singing or dancing. Often there is music, but just as background. Um, and uh, so my emphasis when I was first directing, when I went to graduate school for theater, was really on straight theater. So um my focus per- specifically was on Irish theater, and oh, so okay. I um, have a. I like to bring in now with my students who are primarily a lot of 
the production companies in San Diego are musical theater. Um, mm-hmm. And so I try to bring in these texts that students might not know. And um, often they are always surprised at how many Irish texts I bring in. <laughs> <laughs> these are playwrights that I'm incredibly passionate about and who I um, have a huge respect for. And it's fun to be able to introduce shows that they might otherwise not get a chance to encounter. Here. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I wanted to follow up. Um, I have a question. Is there a difference in theater culture between here in America and Ireland? That's a great question. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, so I had the opportunity to study abroad in Dublin, and mm-hmm. they have a national theater there. The The country itself is, you know, significantly smaller um, than the U.S., and so I think there's more familiarity with some of their playwrights. Um because, you know, to to get to the big cities is not, you know, it's for here, for us to go see Hamilton on Broadway, it's, you know, a five-hour plane ride. Um, uh-huh. And in Dublin, it might be, you know, to get to Dublin from, it might be, you know, a five-hour car ride, right? And that's a huge difference. The work that I specifically looked at was a playwright who... Brian Friel, who a lot of his plays were based on historical events uh-huh. in Irish history. And so um, I think there is more familiarity of how theater is used as a mirror or as an opportunity to put back up on its feet traumatic events um, in Ireland's past. Um, so it's... it's n- at least when I was, you know, there and studying it, it was I, I encountered a lot more people who were on the street who were familiar with the playwright I was studying, who they thought of him as kind of a national hero for the country. Um, and I think there's just not as much emphasis um, in the U.S., maybe in our schooling, of looking at our contemporary playwrights, people who are currently writing and really studying their works as regularly. Would you agree? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I think that there's kind of a little renaissance going right now mm-hmm. um, with contemporary playwrights of really examining. But also I think our country's in a difficult time, and that's when the artists rise. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's when their voices are more appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, you know, like everything with the good comes the bad, and with the bad comes the good. And I yeah. think that we're getting a lot of really great art right now. And yeah. part of a lot of that is really interesting plays mm-hmm. yeah wow yeah. very interesting yeah all right uh let's see these are questions geared for uh let's see let's do some for katrina um we know that you did some wardrobes and we wanted to know what was the funniest wardrobe malfunction that ever that you ever witnessed oh i have i have a few good ones all right <laughs> they're all pg 13 okay. <laughs> um i think one of my favorites is a standard youth theater show annie everyone's familiar and there is the butler drake and we had a young actor walk on without a very important piece of clothing for him, which was his belt. So uh-huh. he took two steps on stage and his drawers dropped. Oh, no. <laughs> and luckily, everyone wears underdressing. So he had his, uh, the boys always have to wear, boys and girls all have to wear bicycle shorts under their costumes uh-huh. and tank tops. 
simply because often you're changing in the wings and it's for everyone's dignity. And it's not um, that kind of show. No, right. it's not. No, it was not Moulin Rouge. So, um, so that was a really fun one. And then another fun one was we had this adorable girl playing Maisie in Susical, which is a very colorful showgirl bird. Uh-huh. And um, she's supposed to be buxom and really stacked. And we had this adorable skinny little girl with not many curves so we had to pad her with like a fake butt and everything <laughs> and mid dance her little fake booty fell off and went across oh, the stage no. and like three kids kicked it it was my favorite thing <laughs> nobody picked it up of course <laughs> why would you <laughs> uh, all right one last thing um what do you wish you would have known when you started out in, in the- theater in theater or in life hmm. life in general i think I wish I would have known that there are a lot more avenues than I realized to explore Mm -hmm. the craft. There's more than one path. I think that we're sold a path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that I think whatever industry you're in, you're told this is how you do it. Mm -hmm. And I just think as we're all wired differently Mm -hmm. and opportunities present themselves in different manner for different people, um, that I think that it's... I think we're pictures of it's never too late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, no, we are, you know, we are um, choosing to take a U-turn. And, you know, my kids are in college and Heather's kids are in school and we're moms and we're professionals. Yeah. And I think that um, when you're, you know, my student in college is constantly should I go for an MFA? Should I continue on this path? Should I just move to New York? And you know what? I think that it's so different you look at all the playbills and people come from everywhere and they come from all different schools some didn't go to school some went to school yeah um i think that you whatever path you're on if it's interesting and you're learning something from it it's right for that time but Mm -hmm. you can always change your mind very good wow well thank you guys so much for coming thank you i really appreciate it thank you thank you so much thank Thank you. you thank you This episode was produced and hosted by Memo Aloza, recorded by Joey Ferlet and Daniel DeHaven, edited and mixed by Kelly Barnett, Memo Aloza, and Brand Inman. Original music by Kelly Barnett. Artwork by Fran Carrasco. 